There is Nick Bonito in town for Pro Day yesterday. Um, did some stuff, looked pretty good out there, talking about meeting the new staff members and um, had some good things to say there. That's got to feel good for them that they feel that way. You know what I mean? Because that can be awkward. You probably feel like you're a little alienated from the program, a, right. a brand new staff as soon as you leave, and you don't want to feel that way. So to feel like the program is heading towards better days and they're welcome like that, that's um, good, good for them. I'm, I'm glad that that's the situation. Yeah. Because I'm sure that that's not always how those situations go down. Right, 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 right. Well, um, I know one of the, one of the new missions at – the University of Oklahoma is better former player relations. And, you know, part of that is going to be fall under, I think Josh Norman's going to have a role in that. And, you know, what, I think it was, uh, was it Kenny Stills, like, put something out there at one point this offseason about, how bad it is and you know he he no one ever reaches out or lets you know what's going on but that is going to change but you know it's interesting because we you and I are optimistic a lot of fans are optimistic coach venables right now is winning the press conference winning the the messaging social media messaging the former players are saying really good things. Current players are saying really good things. Everyone feels great. But that doesn't win you any games, right? We're going to have to – there's there's going to have to be right, – the, the real work has to be done, right? The development, the, the think, football aspect of it. I think I mean, that's already happening, though, is the thing. It's not just all right. words. No, I, I agree. It is. I guess I'm just saying that – you know, I I just I want everything to translate into because every player, whenever you 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 play on a team and you get a new staff or there's something new, right? What whatever it may be, like you're switching conferences or you know just whatever that new motivator is, everyone feels great, right? And everyone is ready to work, but. There's always human nature to do what? To fall right back into the old ways of doing things. And I'm just curious to kind of see how that battle goes. And because everything you've heard from the coaches is the guys are all bought in. Well, I would expect them to be all bought in with with all new staff. And you're trying to, you know, you're trying to put your best foot forward to, you know, to make a good impression. But that that's got to last. That's got to be continuous. I, I could see that being a worry. I I really, the more I think about it, the more the the less I worry about it because I think the guys are seeing now. It's not as it's not as tough as it's going to be. You're right. There's going to be some fight at some point, and I mean I don't think that the coaches are going to give any ground. They're going to stand their ground on that. But dude, if if you're in a program and you can see things firsthand about how much better they are. And it may suck at the time, but you know that you're going to be a better player and your team's going to be overall better for it. Yeah. I think you're much more likely to go through the really tough days when you're already seeing that, man, it sucks, but this is what it takes to win at a high level. Yeah. Like, it's not just 
some dictator within the program making you do ridiculous stuff just to make you do ridiculous stuff and you're not seeing the payoff of it. I think that these guys are already seeing the payoff to where they're saying, it's going to get a whole lot tougher, but I'll stick it through because I know what's that's the best for me. Right. So there, there will be there will be some of that. I don't I don't think it's going to be as much as I initially thought it was going to be a few months ago, though. Right. Yeah. This roster, I think, for the most part, is going to stay intact throughout the offseason. Really? Yeah, I do. Hmm. Don't think you'll have a lot of guys running home. I don't think you'll have a lot, but I do think you will have some. One, two... Maybe three. Well, th- those may be guys that it's re- really tough, but they see the writing on the wall that they're not going to get to play anyway. Right. Like, I don't see a whole lot of guys that feel like that they're going to be in the mix this year. They're they're uh, going to be running no, off. no 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 no. I yeah, you're not going to see guys that are that are on the one deep and competing like one deep, two deep, but competing for a starting job. Most of those guys rarely would you see someone in that position bounce out unless one of the coaches has come to him and said yeah you know what maybe you should look in the portal I bet there's another school out there that would love to have you and you could start yep hey are we the only ones around here me you the fans are we the only ones paying attention to what's going on here yeah I feel like we are because as I read another 24-7 sports article today which by the way it's the same article as they wrote yesterday, just different opinions. What each team in the Big 12 needs to accomplish this spring. OU's ugh, getting Dylan Gabriel up to speed. Yeah. What? That's the number one thing OU needs to accomplish this spring? Um, He's the one that actually has experience with Jeff Levy. And I'm sure that there's a some catching up to do, absolutely, but... That, out of everything, that's the number one thing they need to accomplish this spring is getting Dylan Gabriel, who's played for Jeff Levy, up to speed? Yeah. Huh. Well, I I guess you could you could probably you could probably use that. You could use Dylan Gabriel. I would just I would frame it differently. Um I don't know. Just Make sure that you have him set up for success, and I think that's going to be more to do with bolstering your offensive line, getting them up to speed. Um, you know, I, if you're talking like personnel wise, I'd 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 be more focused on the line of scrimmage, yeah, offensive no and one, defensive no, line. The offensive line is the easy answer here, and no one ever. Defensive backs getting Dylan Gabriel up to speed. Everyone's writing everything but the obvious one, which is offensive line. Well, that's why I say I think we're the only yeah, ones paying attention. It, the quarterback is always the. If you go through the article, I don't know where the article is, but like the conversation is probably going to be centered around the quarterbacks at all all of the the different schools. I mean, here's the thing, you know, I I say this all the time, and I hate repeating it, but. The thing that really sets Oklahoma's quarterbacks apart, usually, I mean, they're good players. There's no doubt they're good players. But it's the offensive line. That is what set Baker Mayfield apart. That's what helped set Kyler uh, Murray apart. You wanted to say Murray, didn't you? Yeah. The 
The offensive line at Oklahoma, now, last year, not the case. The year before, you know, not nearly as much, but in 16, 17, 18, and 19, but our offensive line dominated the Big 12. I mean, absolutely dominated it in the running game, in the passing game, and it wasn't even close. Now, when teams started to close the gap, that's whenever we started to run into more and more problems and found ourselves in what amounted to a a final possession game almost week in, week out, because everyone closed the gap on us on the line of scrimmage. Like That's what has, has always set us apart from everyone else, and like, I think Dylan Gabriel's a good quarterback, but if Oklahoma's offensive line is – Middle of the road in the he'll, Big he'll Twelve. Be, he'll be middle of the road in the he'll Big Twelve. He'll be middle of the road no in the doubt. Big Twelve. No doubt. And that's just kind of how it goes. That's that's what sets us apart, and that's what we've really got to work on is controlling the line of scrimmage again. Text line says better wide receivers. They have to run good routes and get open. That's pretty far down the line in terms of my concerns, but I will definitely agree. Offensive line is the main factor for Dylan Gabriel, but wide receiver got to be better than it was yeah. a year ago. Got got to be better well, than it was. Frankly, we we have to be better at every single position on the field than we were a year ago, right? Everyone has to be better, and you know that's that's obviously what they're striving for, and that's what the, what the goal is going to be. But inside out, man, start. At the inside, you have to win. You have to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball to be a dominant football team. And I'm I'm confident that that's where there's going to be a heavy focus. This text says Joe Lenardi moved OU to the next four outs with Florida's loss. So you're saying there's a, ch- a chance, crying face emoji. Hey, OU's got some good news via the bubble here recently. Xavier and Wake losing helps. Florida losing helps. Maybe things are just turning our way, huh? Yeah. Huh? You may be right. Um, I'm looking here. They used to have he, – he had Oklahoma listed down below on like the next or whatever, but – and this was updated at 1 Eastern, but I don't see it on there anymore. Maybe Florida like just lost and he just updated it again. He's got them on the next four out. Yeah, I don't Ask know. Baker Mayfield how important an offensive line is. That's on the text line. That's right. Um, he'll tell you that was probably the catalyst for his success here. Forget well, CD and Mark Andrews and Hollywood. That, that O-line, man, that's what it's all about. The catalyst for success here, the root of his problems in Cleveland, you know? True. So, Yeah. Why didn't everyone question Kirby Smart when he got hired? Because it was Alabama. BV had more accolades than Kirby did when he got hired. I don't remember how the Kirby hire was received when he got the job at Georgia. I feel like it was probably a pretty popular move, though. I, I'll be honest. I, whenever he got the job, I knew that people had been courting him and trying to get him out from underneath uh, Nick Saban for a while. Um, and whenever he took over Georgia, I don't think I said it was the greatest hire ever, mainly because I was just trying to discredit Georgia. I think. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I said at the time, but I'm going to guess that I said that he he'll never win a national championship at Georgia. 
I'm going to guess I felt well, pretty yeah, strongly about that one. Because you hold the grudge as good as anyone I've ever seen. Thank you. you that means a lot. It you is true. Uh, uh, tied yourself to Georgia for a handful of seasons there under Mark Richt, and whenever it didn't pan out, a bitter breakup, and it doesn't matter what happens. New coach, new everything, you refuse. I burned down the house on yeah. it. <laughs> he, he was left in ashes behind me. I've, I've tried to convince you a couple of times that Tennessee, hey, I've no, just done good there. You will absolutely not see it. I, I, even at 2 a.m., I don't return that text or that call. I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, did you find it interesting that Theo Weese was headed out the door before Lincoln left? Interesting, yeah. Um, a wide receiver, though, that missed an entire year? I guess I don't find it that surprising. With as many wide receivers as they were going to bring in to the previous class, he probably felt like, yeah, I need to go somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. And I saw a clip of um, Theo Weiss on the podcast with Braden Willis and – Brain Will said that you sent out a tweet that you had some unfinished business. What was that about? And Theo Weiss is like said, put his head down, said, yeah, didn't say anything, zipped his He's lips, like, I, whatever. I respect that. <laughs> Nothing. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going on there. But I don't know. It does seem like there were there were a lot of unhappy players. Now, hey, sometimes. Unhappy players means that they're being asked, there's a lot being demanded of them, right? And that's going to be the case in the future as well. So I, I can't sit here and blame the coaching staff and not blame the player. I, I, I don't know the root of all of those issues, but you had plenty of offensive guys that you can tell were not happy with what was going on. And we've heard from plenty of defensive guys that were not happy. Text line says, I've made grudging into a verb. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Uh, will we ever see where OU doesn't have to have such a mobile quarterback to be successful? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sure. Baker Mayfield, I would not consider him a mobile quarterback. No, I mean, he had an ability to escape in the pocket right. like un, un, anyone I've ever seen before, but he yeah. He was not like a – he wasn't like Kyler, Jalen, or Caleb. He well, was completely – Spencer wasn't either, though. There's clearly been day, the years where – I mean, Sam Bradford won a Heisman Trophy, and he was not really that mobile at all. Yeah. Jason White I, – and I know that you're probably talking about moving forward, but yeah. Jay White had two torn ACLs, and – was really good. Yeah, I it is a little bit different of a game now. Like almost most quarterbacks have some level of athleticism now whenever that really hadn't been the case previously. Um I do. Yes. The reasoning is I believe that we're going to be we're going to get back to being able to dominate the line of scrimmage and when you dominate the line of scrimmage you don't have a quarterback that is scrambling and running for his life. I don't feel like there's as many statues playing quarterback, though, as once upon a time in no, the sport. there's not. Everyone's kind of been melded into the same type of player. Yeah, not Almost. everyone runs a 4-7, but everyone's 
pretty athletic for the most part. Somewhat of a of a dual threat, right? Like dual threat meaning you can move, throw on the run, get outside the pocket, do enough in the quarterback run game to keep defenses honest. Yeah, I think everyone does that. The the days of the six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pound statue quarterback standing back there. Are fewer and further between. I would rather have a pocket statue than Jalen Hurts fumbling three times a game. Um, it was only two times a game that he was turning it over at yeah. OU. Um, and the statue, well, you had a statue last year. That was Spencer Rattler. How did that combination work out? A bad offensive line, below average offensive line, and a quarterback that couldn't move all that well. That wasn't very fun, was it? Well, here's the thing. You... You shouldn't have to pick between a statue and a quarterback that runs it every other play and fumbles. Like, we shouldn't have, like, we can meet in the middle, and I think there's ways to meet in the middle. I think, like, Kyler is not a good example because you're not going to be able to have four, three quarterbacks every single day. I think that, I think Baker Mayfield is a really nice example of what you would like to have. A guy that is athletic enough to pick up first downs, to keep the ball in the quarterback running game, to to keep defenses honest, can evade some guys in the pocket in a rush, but is really going to make his money from the pocket throwing the football. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as the uh, the Bryce Young kid at Alabama. I mean, that's, that's exactly how I'd classify him. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of The Rush, emergency repairs. Cavens also does snow removal. I'm hoping that um, they're not going to be out and about doing snow removal tomorrow because I'm hoping that there's not going to be that much snow to remove. But if there is, emergency repairs and snow removal, give them a call, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. You got a forecast of what's going to happen or what? Well, the latest... I heard, and I don't, I don't know, someone may have a lot better information than I have, one to three inches possible with most of it coming in the uh, north side of OKC. That's all so I know. So nothing that serious. Single digits. I, I guess oh, it's supposed gosh. to start at 3 a.m. and kind of go all, all morning through maybe early afternoon tomorrow. But I actually feel bad today for all the times that we've... So, pu- we'll either get a dusting or eight inches. They've been pretty spot on so yeah, far this they've year. They've been pretty good. They're, they've been on a heater. They're due a strikeout. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I uh, feel a little bad today for all the times Uh-oh. that we poked fun at Bruce Weber in the past. Yeah. He had an emotional moment. I he thought did. it was good.
Yeah, I like Bruce Weber now. Yeah. How could you not after that? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about him. You know, obviously, other than what I see on the sideline and and you know, a handful of articles. I've never heard anything bad about him. That's what I was about to say. Is like he seems like one of the good guys that you hear about out there. But you know, I honestly don't know. But hey, he's coached college basketball at a high level for a long time. If you're not getting it done, you're not getting it done. Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you talk to, this is a results-driven business. So uh, if you're not winning, you have to expect that it's going to come at some point. Division one level, especially in a conference like the Big 12, they're not going to keep you around because you're a nice guy. Yeah, well, um, speaking of nice guys, some people are trying to throw out that Greg Marshall's going to be a candidate for that job. Uh, me don't thinks that Greg Marshall, former coach at Wichita State, is going to be thought of too highly for that gig out there. Now, Bruce re- Weber may be a nice guy, but um, yeah, well, he's the he's, he's the, known for like he's the Bobby Knight of this era. Yeah, yelling at he's had a couple of run-ins with some of the players, right? And was it his wife that used to get all over oh, the officials? She got kicked and, out of the out of an NCAA tournament game, right? One year, yeah, yeah, She's yeah, nuts. yeah. I think. That sounds like what Kansas State needs right now. Let's go. Let's crank up the amplitude. You want to win basketball games or not? I don't know for that price, man. Uh, yeah, so I regret ever poking fun at Bruce Weber. I have do not regret poking fun at Muleshoe. Someone else did it really good today, though. Uh, the Sooner Gridiron Twitter account that's so popular. Yeah. There was a tweet. USC head coach Lincoln Riley dropped $17.2 on his new oceanfront estate in L.A., 13,000 square foot, five-car garage, elevator, seven fireplaces, movie theater, tennis court, putting green, sauna, 600-bottle wine room, guest house. They quote tweeted it and said, well, guess he couldn't afford a smoker, probably for the best. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe even out there, the way that he smokes and uh, cooks meat, it's probably thought of to be pretty good. That'll get you canceled in California. You can... You can spend 12 hours smoking some tofu. That's about all. That's true. That's about all. Text line, 651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I love his humility and that without blaming anyone or making excuses. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's that's very kind Take of you. Take note, Coach K. That's how you do it. Or are they talking about Capel. Coach Weber? Yeah, yeah. No one's ever said that about you. Yeah, true. Send Bruce to Tulsa Golden Hurricane. I heard someone else say that. Um, I guess the TU's coach is moving on somewhere else. I, I don't know. That's... What wine pairs best with dry beef? Asking for a former <laughs> head coach. <laughs> that cupcake hey, wine that we were talking about. Appreciate the text, Lincoln. Thanks for listening to the show. You said 4-3 about Kyler. You talking about his speed or height? Ha <laughs> ha, love your show. Thanks. Both. That's pretty good. Both. Okay. I thought Kyler was taller than 4-3. I didn't catch that, but I'm glad a lot of people did on yeah. the text line. Thank you guys for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever I say a guy's 4-3, I'm referring to his 40, okay? Um, Kyler's <laughs> rare exception where – I'd be surprised if he's 5'9", five, nine, five, nine. said Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> um, dare I say, I told you yesterday that I wasn't feeling too optimistic about the hoops game tonight. 
<laughs> the Have only, you changed? Yes, but only because the line's only seven and a half. I'm like, what do you hey. expect it to be? Like twelve and a half? Come on, man. I I feel the exact same as I did yesterday. Do I think they're going to win the game? No. Do I think that they can be extremely competitive? Yes. If you can play well, um, you know, hit some shots, not have a bunch of terrible turnovers, and keep it close, who knows what could happen down the stretch. Um, what high expectations. I don't think that they can win, but I think that they can play it close if they play really well. Yeah. I, that's that's where we're at. I mean, we were on a stretch where we lost 11 of 13 conference games. I know we've we've finished decent and won our last three, uh, all three inferior opponents, but that's fine. You're supposed to win those games. I, you're you're asking if I feel confident that we're going to beat one of the best teams in the country. I, yeah. I do not. But that's seven and a half point spread. I'm telling you, that's it's seven and a half. Iowa State and Tech plays after that game. Um, Tech's pretty good too. Iowa State's a 20-win basketball team, and you know there's going to be a ton of Iowa State fans there. Iowa State's an eight-and-a-half-point dog to Tech. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm feeling a, I feel a lot better today on the yeah, day of the game. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what's the health issue with Baylor? Um, is the Cryer kid playing? I don't know exactly what their injury situation and who they have. I, they may have one guy out tonight. And if it's him, which he's been banged up a little bit, then mm-hmm. let's let's go. I th- that would be the only thing that I would say would. But you know, I guess OU defensively plays in a lot of lower scoring games is maybe why that line is different. I, I he don't didn't know. play last game, by the way. Didn't? No, he didn't. Yeah, I um I I still I I think that it would take a special performance for us to win, but. I think if we if we play well, we'll be close down the stretch, and who knows what could happen. That's fine. I mean, you – well, I was about to say you're the team that doesn't have any of the pressure on it, but you, you actually probably are since you're playing for your postseason life in that situation. Yeah. Um, By yeah. the way, uh, Tech is my pick to win the uh, Big 12 tournament. Ooh, you're going with a hot hand, uh-huh, huh? That's right. Where are they currently in bracketology? I would guess maybe a three. I have not looked at where Tech is at. Yeah, I, that sounds about right. I feel like they're like how hot they are right now that they're a little bit better than that, but that sounds about right. Yeah, right now they're a three uh, in the uh, the San Diego. They're in the West Region, San Francisco Region. Someone just texted in. You guys have too many well-made points. I'm heading over to listen to the guy that argues with callers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, hang around for a little while. And we'll say something stupid. Happens. Oh very yeah, I, I think next segment is going to happen. I feel it coming on. Yeah. Let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. We we'll some things that caught my eye next.
It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is... Well, um... Jerry Jones? Yeah. I can tell by that look on your face. You're going with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Um, I guess he's got a daughter, perhaps, or at least someone claiming to be the daughter of uh, Jerry Jones. Um, uh, I... I guess in a lawsuit, she's trying to, I guess, get out of uh, being held legally responsible for the deal that her mother and Jerry Jones put together during the 90s, um, uh, basically an agreement, kind of a... I don't know what you would call it necessarily, like a NDA or something. It wasn't nondescript. Yeah, yeah it was. and uh, I guess put together a trust fund and and all of that stuff. So she's suing to get out of that contract, I guess, or not be held liable for it. And uh, it's created quite the stir with old Jerry Jones. All good. Roger Goodell will find a way to protect him like he always does. Right. Um, which this was in the 90s. And as far as Dallas Cowboys are concerned, that was, was glory hole days. That was glory hole days. So uh, interesting. Don't know what's going to come of it, but a pretty fascinating little situation they've got going on there. Baseball, Tyler. They're back. They've agreed to a deal. Saving the 162 game season. Baseball, the players held out long enough to be able to force 162 games where they're going to be playing uh, crammed together, right? Amazing. I love it. Yeah, I think everyone, there was there were some people that, you know, really celebrated today. And baseball being back is a good thing for sure. But I think most people rolled their eyes and said, God. Really? At least they're getting back. I believe the opening day now will be on Jackie Robinson Day. Oh, cool. So that'll be actually, if that's right, that's what the thought was yesterday. You get to open up on Jackie Robinson Day. That'll be a pretty cool thing. That'll be pretty cool. But still, it's ridiculous it even got to this point. I know. It's like everyone wants to posture and and act like they're in a position of strength, and then you start canceling games and – Time's ticking away, and that money's not going to be coming in. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, let's make a deal. It can be pretty annoying. Uh, Last one I've got, Canadian Sniper. Um, Recognized as one of the deadliest snipers in history, is going to Ukraine to to help out their, their armed forces, just volunteering. Him and a couple of Canadian guys are headed over, and um, he's a dangerous man. Good he deal. Has confirmed this- kill out past two miles. Good. Hey, this could be Enemy in the Gates Part Two, essentially, right? Yep, that's right. We can run it back here. And you know, it's interesting. I, it, it's it's just fascinating reading the story. The guy's lives in Canada. He's not in the, at least it didn't sound like he's in the military anymore. Holds like what sounds like a normal eight to five job, has a family, and he's shipping halfway around the world to snipe in Ukraine. And 
I've got to be honest. While I commend the sacrifice, there is a little piece of me, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but there's a little piece of me that is thinking, does he just like killing people? Wait, yeah. Well, uh, going <laughs> you know going to saying? your wife and asking for a boy's trip is one thing, but going to your wife and saying, hey, come on, babe. Come on, babe. Just let me snipe for like two weeks. I wonder how that goes over. I... Sign me up for not catching a Russian mortar round over in Ukraine right now. Like, hey, I I understand, but it seems strange to leave Winnipeg, Manitoba, or wherever he's from to go over to Ukraine and start sniping, but it's a dangerous man, and uh, they'll be happy to have him. All right, I got a few. First, Kim Kardashian is catching a lot of heat on social media. Variety, on social? Yeah, Variety tweeted out a quote from her. I guess they did a story on old Kim K., Kim says, quote, I have the best advice for women in business. Get your blanking A up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days, end quote. So a lot of people are, you know, commenting on that and saying, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Kim's the right person to ask. Just be born into wealth, make a videotape, and just ride the coattails off of that. Uh, One individual says, well, I was an editor on the Kardashian apps in 2015 in L.A., worked days, nights, and weekends, could only afford groceries from the 99-cents-only store, called out sick more than once because I couldn't put gas in my car to get to the office, and was reprimanded for freelancing on the side. So she thought that she was giving a powerful quote. It's kind of backfired a little bit Mm. on old Kim K. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you've got the people, right? You've got the the masses that follow everything that you do, and then you go and you put out a statement like that. Here's the thing, though. All that she has to do is go make out on the beach with Pete Davidson, I guess like Courtney uh, Kardashian did today with who was the guy she's dating? You the know drummer? that? I just saw it on the TMZ uh, timeline. When you say the drummer, I think of Travis Barker. Yes, is that who it is? I think that's who she's dating. So that's what happened. Anytime you have some bad pub, go do a, a quick photo shoot on Instagram or make a public appearance with uh, the weirdo. An assistant principal in Mississippi got fired for reading the book, I Need a New Butt, to a <laughs> second grade class. Uh, essentially... This guy was told to set up a Zoom meeting for the class. A, a teacher couldn't show up, so he had to basically improvise. He read them a book, so he read the book, I Need a New Butt. Minutes after the class ended, he was called to the principal's office and told that parents might complain. He was told to report to the district office the same day and was sent home on administrative leave. To his knowledge, no parents have complained about the book, but the school took issue with it because it was inappropriate and used words like butt and fart. Um, the district said he showed a lack of professionalism and impaired judgment when he picked the book. And for those reasons, he was fired. <laughs> used inappropriate words like butt and fart. Well, it sounds like... Uh, my house, 24-7, okay? It's like no different than what they get at home. Totally. Uh, I commend this guy. I, I'm curious as to... Finally a book that kids will lock into, you know? I'm looking at... The, <laughs> the book is on Amazon. I need a new butt, paperback, 
2014 copyright. It's so funny. Five bucks. Um, a silly story that will cause boys and girls to giggle from beginning to end. <laughs> That's a quote from Norman Public Schools right here on Amazon. Seriously? Yes. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Love this school system. Oh, wow. That's funny. First uh, first review, Norman Public Schools. This is from Bloomberg on social media. Last one I have. Breaking. What'd you find? The, <laughs> the first line of the description of the book is this. A young boy suddenly notices a big problem. His butt has a huge crack. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an amazing way to start a book. Uh, talk about grabbing your attention in the first paragraph, wow. right? It's a page turner. <laughs> Breaking U.S. inflation hit 7.9% in February, a new four-decade high. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, – I. We don't have to talk politics, but I just think it's hilarious that the White House put out this big, long tweet thread, and they're labeling the gas prices right now. It's got a name. It's called, uh, what is it, Putin's... Um, yeah, I, yeah, Putin's tax or something like that. Yeah. Like Putin's hike, maybe, yeah. is what it is. Putin's yeah. hike. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. We're not... That dumb. We know that this thing didn't start two weeks ago. God, they think we're the dumbest people in the world. We are. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. We well. Not? Yeah. We just fired an assistant principal for reading. What was the title of the book again? I need a new butt. I need a new butt. Yeah. <laughs> a rocket butt. A robot butt. A armor plated butt. Oh no! You're gonna got, re- you're gonna read this entire thing before you get home. I'm actually you? interested. Teddy in will it. not be watching the basketball game tonight. He has other plans now. <laughs> this is uh, a book my son would love. Uh, that is hilarious. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Thursday. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance. Cavens can pretty much do it all. 405-573-3048 Tulsa. Give them a call, 918-282-7612. Slowly but surely, Miguel Chavis is becoming my favorite staffer on campus right now with the football yeah. program. You like the, the, the coach secrets. Twitter thread? I, I, I love that. He put out uh, a few more. Coach secret number two, we don't, mind, uh, we don't mind adding your new girlfriend of two weeks to the junior day guest list, as long as you don't mind us not even remotely trying to learn her name since y'all won't make it past bye week of freshman <laughs> year. Pretty savage, but pretty amazing. On point? Is that is true? Uh, so good. Coach secret number three, parent, how's my son doing? Coach. He's been here for five years and refuses to play with technique, take his nutrition seriously, or do anything other than make TikTok videos. He's not reliable and doesn't give great effort. Parents. So this is his year, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's that's amazing. I I love this guy. There's a lot of things that 
I'm just really not sure of in this world, right? One thing that I am 100% positive of is that my parents never called the coaching staff for any reason. I would have at all. I would have lost it. Like the mindset of wanting your parents to call the coaching staff is something that I I can't relate to. I you know I my my, my teammates would dude even in high school god I would have been made fun of so much. I can't imagine that any kid wants his parents to uh to call but there's probably this feeling as a parent why aren't you playing what's happening the story you're getting from your kid is that they're doing everything right and they're better than the guy in front of him so they have to get to the bottom of it and call coach and find out that oh huh shocker i'm not getting the full story huh interesting all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we got the final hour next